0: In the garden with Keens Garden Center Coalgon for all your vegetable and fruit gardening needs. See keanesgardencenter.ie.
1: That jingle can mean only one thing, the man the legend and not just his garden but all of your gardens given the amazing incredible helpful advice he's given over the last while on Morning Focuses with us Tom Stewart from Keynes Garden Center. How are you?
0: very good morning and thank you Alan
1: good morning to you Uh, thanks very much for being with us as ever Tom you won't be surprised to hear the questions are flooding in we'll get to them uh, a little later on if you uh, want to uh, ask Tom a question do send it in as soon as possible 086 1800 964 uh, the number to do so remember we have two euro vouchers for Keane's Garden Centre up for grabs but we begin with this week's topic Tom which is easy to grow perennials to plant in spring for long lasting colour every year
0: Certainly. And thank you, Alan. Yeah. So perennials, as lots of your listeners will know, are plants that come back every year. So you get great value and longevity out of them. And we can certainly feel spring is kind of somewhat knocking on the door with brighter evenings. You see lambs in the fields, daffodils, snowdrops, crocus showing plenty of colour and lots of perennial plants. They're just starting to burst into flower. So herbaceous perennials, plants that die back into the ground to overwinter and start to reemerge in spring. These plants are a fantastic way. to to provide interest and seasonality in your garden, be that that in beds or containers. And in the majority of cases are really easy to grow, very rewarding, providing colorful flowers year after year and and very little maintenance. Many perennials make good cut flowers and lots of the compact varieties are excellent for growing in pots and containers. And lots are very attractive to pollinators like bees and other pollinators. Uh, There are perennial plants pretty much for every situation and combining them with perhaps some maybe evergreen shrubs, grasses and annuals will help build up displays that provide interest all year round. Some of my own favourite and ones that look particularly good right now and will hold well into the spring and early summer include the likes of the real traditional favourite cottage garden perennial erysiums or wallflowers. So these are lovely scented plants that flower for months. They grow about 45 centimetres or about a foot and a half high and a similar spread. They ha- they have a um, great bushy habit and give great colour early in the season. We've lost them in in the garden centre at the moment. They grow, uh, you can grow them in moist, well-drained soil, in sun, or even in a little bit of partial shade. They provide great nectar for bees and butterflies and with such long flowering and, and low maintenance, I think they're a real must for mixed beds and borders uh, with lots of varieties available. The likes of winter charm, bowls mauve, palm lilac, uh, are fantastic varieties to choose from, but there are plenty of varieties and different colours and they're all worth planting. So that's irisium or so wallflowers. Another beautiful perennial that will grow in difficult conditions that's just starting to flower is ibris, or they're sometimes called the perennial tuff. So ibris is is tolerant of poor soils and difficult conditions and reliable spreading plants that'll pack a real punch of colour at the edge of a border or in the rock garden. It has dark green leaves and that they're they're there all year round and then it's got these lovely intense white flowers. It grows about 30 centimetres or about a foot high with a similar spread. The flowers last through the spring and into early summer, great in rock trees or at the edge of a bed or even in, in container displays. Uh, it also makes a great filler for crevices in walls or cracks in walls or sometimes even between the stones of walkways. It's also very effective as a ground cover plant. Uh, You can give it a light cut back when it finishes flowering to keep it compact. But the white flowers, they're the real highlight. They're particularly bright, so definitely keep an eye out for them. Ibris snowflake is an excellent variety and well worth growing. And then one of our best selling perennial or alpine plants is Campanula and the variety Campanula portal is a fantastic variety, low growing perennial with evergreen leaves, lovely kind of bell shaped violet blue flowers on small little branching stems, it gets an abundance of flowers and they last for ages. You'll see some of them flowering from, from early spring right to late summer, months of flowering. And again, these are suitable for rockeries, gravel beds, crevices and walls, containers, garden edging. So lots of places you can plant them they like a, a sunny or partially shaded area in moist, well-drained soil. Uh, they don't do very well in wet ground. So when you do plant them, plant them with lots of compost. And once you see them, you, you'll know why they're such a popular plant. So there's lots of varieties of Campanula, but my own favourite is that one, Campanula porto. And another familiar plant to lots of the gardeners is saxifragia These are very easy to grow and suitable for lots of locations. Again, similar to the other plants, particularly good in rockeries, in beds, wall crevices, and even containers. Uh, very versatile plants. They're evergreen, they're low growing, and come to a height of about four inches or so, and they form a nice mat or cushion of foliage with beautiful flowers held up on these fine little short stems. And the flowers typically come in reds, pinks and whites and they flower from spring right through to summer. Uh, Showing plenty of colour right now at the moment, staying small and compact, uh, a really tidy kind of flowering perennial. So there's two varieties that I prefer myself, Peter Pan and Saxony White, really easy to grow, no maintenance and flower every year. And then lastly, a fantastic plant for gardens and containers is forget-me-nots or myosotis. So as spring advances, it becomes a carpet of rich blue flowers. They form the lovely background to the likes of wallflowers and tulips. uh, And they're a great addition to containers. So they're happy to grow in sun or shade. They'll self seed quite freely. So you'll have flowers year after year uh, and a really easy one to grow. So plenty of easy to grow plants there. Versatile for lots of different situations, beds or containers in your garden. So lots of choices there.
1: Fantastic and just before we get to the questions and there are so so many of them uh, you have a few jobs for the Clare Gardeners for the week ahead Tom
0: Yeah, a few things to consider. Now, we have a bit of a cold forecast for the, um, I think, from Tuesday or Wednesday onwards. So if you're feeding the birds or if you have some feeders out there, maybe keep the uh, feeders topped up. I think it's going to be dry and settled for next weekend. But for the next few days, maybe keep those feeders topped up with any bird food. You can also feed any fruit bushes uh, and trees, maybe sprinkling a little bit of sulphate of potash or Osmo Pro Bloom fertilizer around the base to encourage fruiting. The likes of your ornamental grasses can be cut back and tidied up. The evergreen ones, they can have any dead material removed and any deciduous grasses can be cut back hard to rejuvenate them. Uh with spring, as we said, approaching, perfect time to dig farmyard manure into beds to to condition the soil and enrich the soil. And they're they're quite good and, and long-lasting. Your roses, they can be cut back and 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 then give them a good tidy around the base and maybe a handful of feed or or maybe a mulch with some farmyard manure. Your um Your roses and trees, you can apply a winter tree wash to those guys if you want as well. It'll help remove any overwintering or unwanted bugs and keeps your plants pest and disease free. Um, Blackcurrant bushes, they can still be pruned. And what you want to do when you're pruning your blackcurrants is cut out some of the oldest branches right down to the base, keeping the younger, more productive branches and then creating a nice open goblet shape with your blackcurrants. And maybe if if you're planning or if you're growing seed potatoes, they can be chitted or sprouted at this time of the year. This is done in light but frost free conditions and it will help you give an earlier harvest and a bigger yield. So you can line them up on a seed tray or on egg cartons to hold them in position. But it just starts them off a bit earlier and uh, they, they do a little bit of growing before they get into the ground.
1: Okay, brilliant stuff. It is time now for the listeners' questions. And a uh, very interesting question. Uh, to get the ball rolling this week, Tom, a uh, listener wonders, where have all the old-fashioned cottage garden favourites gone? Canterbury bells, wallflowers, sweet William, Brompton stock, etc. They seem to have gone out of fashion. Does anybody grow them anymore? Thank you. That's from Jerry and Ennis.
0: Good morning, Jerry, and that's a great question. Now, some of them, some of those varieties more than a lot of things can come and go out of fashion and, and out of popularity. And I suppose some growers might have grown these in the past. And if they found that the the, the, the sales for them or, or they weren't being bought as much, maybe they have to make a commercial decision to either grow less or not as many. Sometimes I'd see it myself that uh, in the busy season, when you have lots of perennial plants and, and many of the ones you mentioned there, there can be a small amount of them available. They come into your garden centres, your local garden centre, whatever. And unless you're there within a few days or a week or so of them arriving, it could be gone in no time at all, Jerry. So it's it's probably regular visits to your garden centre might um catch them, but it could be a thing that some of them might have gone out of fashion. Definitely um lots of people would decide to grow lots of those um plants from seed as well. So maybe you might find the the range and availability in seed um quite plentiful. Um, but definitely, I, I know ourselves. We've got a ton of um, loads of perennials, traditional, and the likes of the wallflowers. We've lots of those in stock at the moment, and, and, and other ones as well. Um, so there probably is probably more regular frequency visits to the um, to the garden centres. It'll help prevent you missing out on somebody's stock when they come in because they can come in in small batches. And perhaps seed might be an option for some of them. But I, I, I'd be similar to yourself, Jerry. I find some of them really, really nice, and they're they're great to grow. The traditional ones, they're they're tried and, and tested.
1: Okay, our next question comes courtesy of Maura and Quinn who says, Hi, I have pruned the apple trees and the fruit bushes, but I'm wondering when you prune a plum tree and what care does it need?
0: Well, somewhat similar to um, to your uh, apple trees, Maura, you want to create that nice open goblet shape. So you want to to avoid any crossing branches. So if you see branches that rubbing off each other, perhaps cut out the weaker of the one or if it's crossing from one side to the other, that's the one to cut out. And that nice open goblet shape allows good kind of good air movement through the plant. Um, and and you also want to look out for, as we say, the 3Ds, the dead, the diseased or damaged branches. So you, you can remove those as well uh, pretty much at any time, but now perfect time for doing that as well. And then around the base of your tree, you always want maybe a two foot or two and a half foot a circle around the base of your tree that's grass and weed free. The grass and weeds can can compete with your tree and, and take nutrients and moisture uh, before the tree gets uh, its share of it. So keeping it grass and weed free and perhaps a bark mulch to prevent weeds uh, repopulate in the same area and, and reduce evaporation. Uh, and also this time of year, you could give them a good generous feed of a slow release fertilizer. So pruning for a nice open goblet shape. Make sure there's no grass or weeds at the base of, of your, your plum tree. And um and a little bit of fertilizer just as the soil starts to warm up. So from now between now and, and kinda mid to late March is perfect for giving them a feed and
1: all. Okay. Our good friend Kay and says good morning, Alan and Tom. Good morning TK. Uh, she says, Tom, what are the best nutrients to put in my polytunnel? I put farmyard manure in it last year. It was bought in a bag in the garden centre. The vegetables did not do so well. Any suggestions? Thanks again for your time and help. You're very
0: welcome, Kay, and Good morning to you as well. So um, nutrients for polytunnels, I suppose, uh, to a certain degree, depending on what you're going to grow and, and a few things like that, but definitely farm manure is a great soil conditioner and, and we'd recommend it plenty to to, um, to our customers. And, and usually you would get um, a good return from using such a, a good soil conditioner and it, and it acts as a s- slow-release fertilizer as well. Um, sometimes perhaps the if there was one or two crops that you had that didn't do so well, it could be down to other factors like maybe even extreme heat. There was too much, maybe they dried out a little bit or other factors that, you know, wouldn't be associated with, with nutrients or not. Definitely, the as you said yourself, Kate, the farm I manure is excellent. Uh, we also sell a lot and, and, and promote a lot of the... Um, the Osmo Pro Bloom and the Osmo Pro, Pro Grow, which are a granulated, uh, slow-release fertilizer. They've got a good bit of organic material in them. So they really encourage good soil and insect activity in your in your polytunnels or even out in the bed. So the Osmo Pro Grow or the Osmo Pro Bloom would be excellent um, if you want to try something different from the farm yard manure.
1: OK. Uh, Marie says, hi, Alan. Will you ask, Tom, is it too late to prune apple trees and is there a way it should be done? Also, I have two Austin rose bush in bushes in pots for the last two years. They flower every year. Should they be repotted or planted in the garden?
0: Yeah, very good morning to you, Marie. So pruning your apples, yes. Yeah, so you want to do it when the plants are dormant. So they're, they're still dormant. So usually between November and the end of February. So there's still a little bit of time there. Um, the mild weather will be starting to encourage your plants to come into life a little bit, but you can still prune your apple trees. And similar to more or earlier, you want to have that nice open goblet shape and um, get rid of any dead disease or damaged branches, look out for crossing branches, stuff like that. So if you find like not all trees need to be pruned every year. So if you look at your apple tree and they have somewhat of an open goblet shape and there's no dead disease or damage or crossing branches, Perhaps there's no need for pruning on it, Marie, at the moment, but that's generally what you're looking for. A nice open goblet shape and then give them the feed as as we, what we recommended there before. Something like the Osmo Pro uh, Bloom is perfect and trying to keep the base weed free and grass free. Uh, around the the bottom of of the tree and uh, at the base there, and perhaps a a bark mulch or something to um, help keep the weeds at bay and and, and not let them populate the area. And then you just mentioned the the roses, the David Austin roses. So David Austin are particularly nice and and well-scented old English roses, so they're they're really good varieties. If it's been in a pot for a couple of years, perhaps um, it could be time that it either goes into a bigger pot or into the ground. So you could do either. So maybe if you wanted to keep it in a container or a pot, maybe step it up one and a half or two times the size of the pot it's in at a minimum. Or if you had place outside in the garden, they'll be happy to grow outside in the garden. Use plenty of good um, compost. So something like the seaweed-enrich compost, or you can get a rose a, a rose compost. Which is particularly obviously designed for roses. Um firm them in quite well after planting to don't like any wind rocks so give them a good firm in and if, if they haven't been cut back already Marie you could you could cut them back and again if you're unsure about cutting them back visit your local garden centre ourselves have a look at our own roses and you can go home and, and, and replicate that yourself and we you want to give them a, a relatively good hard cut back to uh to encourage um more productivity and uh, but definitely into a bigger pot or into the ground for your David Austin roses they'll do better they'll be somewhat restricted if they've been in a in a relatively small pot for the last couple of years and and they'll be good to go then Marie
1: Neve in Newmarket on Fergus says that she has a weeping willow that didn't get leaves at all last year and it's not budding either this year like the other one should she just pull it
0: I'd be somewhat thinking that, Neve. It might be the uh, the way to do. If if it hasn't produced any any foliage last year, you could now. I'd say its, it's days are numbered. But you could maybe scratch uh, low down on some of the stems with your thumbnail and see if there's green behind the um, the bark. Um, and, and it will show it if it's a sign of life. But if it's not producing any buds and it didn't produce any foliage last year, it doesn't sound like it's it's going to win any prizes and it's not going to be. Um, it is probably not something that's going to bring a smile to your face. So I'd say you could do the scratch test and see and and then maybe call it, but you could maybe have a little look out and see if there's, um if there's something different out there for the same location. I know ourselves at the we've got some lovely uh, weaved um willow plants and they've been weaved into different shapes and, and they, they look really fabulous, and really ornate. So a living willow kind of weave is, is, is very nice. So you could look at something or it could be a small tree or shrub, maybe instead of that weeping willow, but it sounds it's like it's not a it's not a very productive one so maybe Neve, maybe it stays or number or you could even if it was still alive you could lift it put it into a a quieter part of the garden and see if it ever comes good and replace it with something more um something more likely to bring a smile to your face.
1: Anne-Marie Hanrahan and Abishida says hi Alan I have an aloe vera plant in the conservatory and there is a long stalk coming out of it that looks like it could flower do they flower and should I feed it or what should I do?
0: Good morning, Anne-Marie. Yeah, so your aloe vera, yeah, it could be producing a flowering stem by all means. Um, they are a plant that the stems themselves, you'll see them, anne they're quite thick and fleshy, so they, they don't need a whole lot of watering and they're, probably happy enough getting not getting a whole lot of feed either. Um, they want very good drainage and and kind of you want to be careful not to overwater them as the stems themselves are nearly a water storage organ. So um, some did nearly fall into that category of plants that we say they thrive on neglect. So sometimes you know whatever you've been doing to date if it's been kept healthy and happy, I'd say continue on, on what you're doing. And maybe if it is producing a flowering stem, a small little bit of a, of a houseplant feed or a baby bio wouldn't go astray. But definitely I wouldn't be encouraging lots of feeding and, and definitely keep the watering to a minimum. But it sounds like you have it in good hands, and So I'd say whatever you're doing, keep it up.
1: Helen Maloney in Kilrush says she bought her daughter three hyacinth bulbs in a pot about two weeks ago. The flowers were just coming out. Now they have shot up and are about eight inches high and drooping over in the pot. What can her daughter do should she repot or replant outside? Your advice, please, and thank you.
0: Uh, Good morning, Helen. Yeah, you could perhaps repot them and kind of firm them in a bit more. Um, Now, they might have... Produce somewhat kind of soft stems that might have been down to a little bit of overwatering. It's it's hard to tell. But the hyacinth flowers are lovely and fragrant. Now, potentially, you could get like a, a a very short or a bamboo cane and just cut it to length, just the size that's needed to support the stem and maybe support uh, that stem. That's that's uh, kind of flopping over so maybe a short little bamboo cane or even a little twig or from a branch in the garden something that's strong enough to support the the stem might uh, rectify it and and make it look a little bit better but they're great to grow careful not to overwater them for sure because the bulbs themselves you know they'll hold plenty of moisture um, and maybe no, not necessarily but potentially it might have been a bit of overwatering that produced that extra soft stem but uh, lovely plants to have lovely and fragrant but maybe as I said a small little short bamboo cane to support them and you should be good from there Helen.
1: And the honours of our last question this week goes to Eilish in Ina, who says she is looking for the name of plants for a driveway. She loves Heather, is wondering what brand and soil would you recommend? Uh,
0: good morning, Eilish. So the. The heathers that are in flower at the moment, kind of what we'd call the winter and spring flowering heathers, there's a great variety of them in lots of different colours and and pinks, reds and whites. Um, Kramer's red is a lovely one. There's Isabel and there's white perfection, but there's loads to choose from. I'd probably recommend um, calling into ourselves or your local garden centre, seeing what colours are are most attractive to you. Now, the winter and spring flowering varieties, they're not fussed under soil type, so the summer flowering heathers, they want ericaceous or acid soil, which are winter and spring flowering heathers. Majority will grow in any soil. So I'd plant them with plenty of purpose compost and any soil. And if you check on the, um, and it's always worth checking on the different varieties of heathers on the back, on the little label they'll have to identify them. On the back of it, it'll give you an indication of the height and the spread. And some of them can can be, um, some might have twice the height or twice the spread of, of their neighbouring plant that you might see on the benches. But um, so always have a little look and, and see, uh, it'll help give you an indication of how many plants you might need and, and it'll give you an indication of the overall spread and that. But lovely to, to have edging a driveway or, or a pathway or anything like that. And it provide lots of kind of uh, colour and 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 obviously nectar and stuff for, for bees at this time of year as well. So well-worked growing, the heathers and uh, plenty to choose from. But just have a little look and see, check the height and spread and, and pick the varieties that suit your own circumstances the
1: best. Okay, so, so many more questions. You are a popular man, Tom, um, but I just don't have time to get to them, hopefully get to them next week. But congratulations uh, for the moment to Anne-Marie Hanrahan and Labishida and Maura O'Loughlin and Cluny Quinn. You've each won yourselves a 30 euro voucher for Keane's Garden Centre and Tom Stewart from Keens Garden Centre. Always a pleasure, Tom. Fair play to you and we'll chat to you again next week
0: thank you very much Alan my pleasure as well take care then thank there you.
1: you go if you ever have a question for Tom you can send them in any day of the week and we'll uh, store them up and put them to Tom when he goes next on 086 1800